So like Joey mentioned, it is an exciting day, an exciting service because it's baptism celebration service. That's why we got a, a big old tank on the stage. And in total, in the three services, we have 11 baptisms. So I think, it, yeah, it is definitely something to, to celebrate. And in this service, we'll be seeing four of those. And it's just exciting, again, to see the work that God is doing, not just because it's, it's a new space, but through the people that God is using in our church. Amen. So today we'll be looking at Romans 6. So if you have your Bible, you could start opening up to Romans 6. And it will also be on the screen if you don't have your Bible with you. And I've been really excited to, to go through today's message because I think it's something that God has sparked in me a couple months ago, and, and, and I'll kind of share why, uh, why that is. Last summer, my wife and I decided to, to buy a house and remodel. So we bought a house in the summer, and a couple months in, and right away decided, no, well, if we're ever going to do it, we're going to do it now. We're going to remodel, and uh, it was going to take us moving out. So we did, and, and I went out over to the store to buy some storage bins, and if you've haven't bought storage bins before. They could be pretty expensive, especially if, if you get the heavy-duty ones like, like I wanted. I wanted them to last, so they can be pretty expensive. So I get a couple of those, and I get a couple of tops for them. I go to the self-checkout, head on over to the house again, and we keep on packing. The first bin gets filled up, and as we go towards to get the second one, we notice that I took a third one. And my first thought was, yeah. We, I saved a little bit of money there. Um, and it was just that. And I, I, we filled up the second one. We filled up the third one. And then and we noticed that, oh, man, we're going to need more. So I thought, oh, well, might as well go to the store and get the top for this one, too. So I, I was going to, to get a, another bin and get two tops. And I start driving over to the store. And, and something in my heart, something in my gut started telling me, you should, you should probably pay for the one you took. And I immediately ignored it. So I go to the, to the bins, and, and I take one, one bin, and I take two tops, and I'm heading over to the self-checkout. And again, something in my heart, man, you should, it's probably right to, to pay for what you took. And in my head, just giving myself all the excuses, no, you know, nobody knows. It's not hurting anybody. It's not hurting the store. It's going to be fine. Uh, I saved some money. And, and so... But still kept feeling this as I'm going to the self-checkout. And, and I scan the first bin, and without hesitation, I scan it again. And, and I'm paying for, for two bins now. And still in my head, I'm thinking, why are you even doing this? Nobody's even going to know. It, it's fine. This, the store is, doesn't know right now. It, it'll be fine. And, and I pay for them. And as I'm going to the car, as I'm putting everything in, as I'm driving off, I'm, I'm still complaining to myself. Man, I, why did you even do that? There's, there's really no reason. And, and started giving myself an excuse of, man, you have, you have uh, other expenses coming up with this remodel. And, and God stopped me there and definitely gave me a heart to thank him. And I said, God, thank you for directing my heart even when all of me wants to go the other way. And Church, I'm not sharing that because I want you to leave and think, oh, he did the right thing. Good guy. No, I'm trying to say that it is embarrassing how much I was fighting it and how shameful it is of how much I didn't want to trust God, even in small things like that. 
I mean, storage bins can be expensive, but even in small things like that, God is still directing my heart. And so that kind of sparked uh, some, some of this going into Romans 6 now, because we'll, we'll be looking at, at baptism and what it means to be baptized into Christ's death. What does it mean to be baptized into Christ's death? And we, before we, we jump into Romans 6, there's some things that we need to learn from Romans 5. They, these are bullet points that I'm going to put up, but all of these could take hours and hours and hours to be in as well. So I, I'd encourage you to, to read Romans 5 whenever you can. But here are some bullet points real quick. We have been justified by faith and faith alone. To be justified is to be made right with God and we are justified only by our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died while we were still sinners, church. And that death came through the disobedience of one man, but life came through the obedience and the perfect life of Christ. At, towards the end of the chapter, towards chapter 5, we see that the law revealed the failure of man the law was the requirement to be reconciled with the father and man for years and years and years could not meet that requirement and failed endlessly that's what the old testament was about and and now we see it through the gospels that christ was able to fulfill what the what the requirement of the law was and so church you might be coming in, uh, if you're a believer, thinking, man, I don't know how God can love me. I don't know how God can love a sinner and a failure like me. I fail every single day. My failures are so much bigger than God's love. But what we see in chapter 5 is that while we were still sinners, he saved us. How much more now that you are his son and daughter, how much more is he ready and willing to give you a heart of righteousness and a heart through his grace? And so that's what we see in Romans 6 now. He, 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 he starts disputing a notion that would come out of that. Which would be, okay, so I was saved while I was still a sinner, so then I can go on and just continue sinning and sinning and sinning. That grace may abound, that God can give me more grace because he promises to forgive me. He promises to give me grace so I can go on and live for my desires. Romans 6 verse 1, Paul says, what shall we say then? What's the result of this? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Let me paraphrase it into a statement. It's as if somebody would have read chapter 5 and thought, okay, therefore, let me continue in my sin that grace may abound. But is that what we should gather from that? I thought just in reading this, I thought about my early life in Christ. I knew of God, I knew of Christ, but my identity in Christ was incomplete because all I was identifying myself in was his grace and forgiveness, which then led me to sin without remorse. Because I was thinking this, I was thinking, man, I could go then and fill, fill myself up, grow my kingdom, 
And at the end of the day, God promises to forgive me. But Paul immediately disputes that notion too in the, in the next verse. He says, by no means, absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Now the word died here doesn't just mean without breath. doesn't just mean lifeless. It means to be unable to respond or react to any impulse or desire. The word died here means to be unable to respond or react to any impulse or desire. It's like my son trying to get him to eat veggies. He has no interest at all. He's just like, no, it's fine. It's fine. And that's how we should be with sin. We should have our mind completely closed off of it. How is it possible to even think that we can still live in that, to respond or react to that when we are dead to sin? We have no part in sin anymore. We, have, we are in Christ. And it's also important to note the way Paul uses the word sin in Romans. It's not just singular failures. It's not just the moments that you fail, but he's talking about sin as master. That sin ruled. That sin had reign during the time of the law. That sin was master over people. But we see throughout Romans in chapter 5, at the end of 6, throughout uh, the book, we see that Christ broke that bondage for those who put their faith and trust in him. And verse 3, he asks another question. And he's going to explain what one might be missing that would lead them to think in this way. What is missing? What might lead us to believe that we can go on to sin? Verse 3, he says, do you not know, do you not understand that all of us have been baptized into Christ Jesus? And it's the same thing. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Do you understand, church, that the same thing, that it's the same thing to be baptized into Christ, that it is to be baptized into his death? So today, as we're seeing baptisms, what we got to ask ourselves, what is baptism? It's a proclamation of our faith and trust in Christ. It's an outward expression of the faith and trust that we've put in Christ. So it's an outward expression of what's happening inside of us. And so what was Christ's death regarding to sin? What does it mean to be identified in Christ? What does it mean to be now identified into his death? What did Christ's death do? It broke the bondage that sin has over us. There is no more master sin. We get to live in freedom, the freedom to choose Christ. He gives us a heart. He gives us a spirit to choose his life, his righteousness. And just as we saw at the end of chapter 5, or as we mentioned, the law was the requirement 
that, that needed to be fulfilled to be reconciled to God the Father. Jesus met that requirement, and now he calls his children, God calls his children through Christ to live for him. And so just as, as I was reading that and I was going through, through that study, what does it mean to be identified into his death? I just thought, how do I identify myself now? Or how is it often ident- how do we often identify with Christ today? And sometimes, church, we identify with Christ at our own convenience. Just like I mentioned at the beginning of my walk when I thought I knew who God was and I thought I knew who Christ was, but only identified with his forgiveness. I identified in his grace, but I did not identify in his death. And that led me to sin without remorse. That led me to just follow my own my own desires and passions what does it mean to then identify in his wisdom but not identify in his death it leads us for a desire for earthly success church we don't do this perfectly and i and i say that even for me as as i was sharing we're remodeling so part of me was like okay what do i have to do I got to watch all of Dave Ramsey's videos. I got to take all my notes, take out all my notes, make sure I'm doing the right things, following in wisdom and wisdom and wisdom, but then come to find out that I was just trying to reach my own kingdom. And none of that is bad. None of that is bad to, to seek his wisdom, of course. But when there is not an identification with his death, then we just desire earthly success for earthly success. And even the third, identity in his eternal promise without identity in his death leads us to desire heaven solely to avoid punishment. It's a conversation I have with God all the time. Why do I desire to be in heaven? Do I desire it just because I'll get away from hell and avoid punishment? Or am I desiring it because I want to be face to face with my Savior? An identity with Christ's death. It's an identity with the death to self. It is no longer from our own little kingdoms, but it is now for a kingdom, for the kingdom of God. To identify with his death is to also know that sin has no rule in your life. So, yeah, you might be coming in today and you might feel like, man, I'm failing, I'm sinning. Uh, I don't think God can love me as sinful as I am. God's love is definitely much bigger. And he's ready to call you into his life daily, church. And so in verse 3, or verse 4, I'm sorry, verse 4, he says, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. He's emphasizing that same point in order that he's going to give us the purpose. What is the purpose to be identified into his death? Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. What is the purpose, church, to be identified into his death? It's to walk in newness of life. What does that look like? 
to walk in newness of life. Similarly, just as Christ was resurrected from the dead by the glory of the Father Church, that is what God wants to do in each of our lives. He doesn't want to leave you in darkness and in sin. He wants to bring you to light in Christ, in his resurrection. What does that look like in our lives? My, or to give my sermon point real quick, because that will lead us to, to, to some final points, is my identity to Christ's death leads me to newness of, li- of life. If we proclaim, if we give this outward expression of our faith in Christ, if we proclaim our burial with Christ, we also partner in his resurrection church. So we don't go on to sin We resurrect with Christ. We are brought to new life. And what does newness of life mean? Newness of life means that sin is not your master. Newness of life means that grace now reigns in your life. Newness of life is a surrender to the hold that sin might have in your walk today. Newness of life is is, is not an identification of our, with our failure, but it's an identification with the gift of salvation that Christ has given to us. So church, if, if you've made that proclamation, if, if you've put your trust in God, if you put your trust in the w- mighty work that Christ has done on the cross, I just pray and my hope is that we identify with his perfect life, that we identify with his death, that we identify with his resurrection. What might that look like in your life today? I think not very often do we think about our identity in his death. Not very often do we want to think about that because it is a very humbling experience. And like I mentioned, it is shameful and embarrassed how much in small things I was so willing to hold on to my pride and my kingdom and not give up that trust to God. And it takes God to do that. It takes his son to do that in your life. And so I pray that, that as we're seeing baptisms and as we're seeing that outward expression being done, and we praise God for what he's doing in our church, that we praise God for what he's doing in our community, but use this time to both celebrate and to meditate in our own hearts. What areas of my life today am I not giving up to Christ's death? What areas am I holding on to because I just want to live in my own pride, in my own desires and passions? What am I not giving up to his death, that he may make it new, that he may raise me up to new life. And if it's your first time here, if you have never made that proclamation of the trust in Christ and his gospel, then I pray that as we're seeing the baptisms and as we're celebrating as a church, that you can take a moment now to meditate in the gospel truth that Christ isn't waiting for you to become a perfect person. That Christ is ready to give you grace while you were still a sinner. And in that, 
If you want to put your trust and faith in that, then I pray that you can go to somebody you know here in the church. Go to the welcome table. Just find somebody to, to talk about that decision. Talk about choosing Christ. I pray that, that we continue to see what we're going to see here in a couple moments, that we continue to see that day in and day out with the people who live out for him and who are just so ready to live out his resurrection in us. Amen. Let's pray. God, make us a people for you. Make us a people for your kingdom. And it's so difficult sometimes to think, well, we have new things, new material things, but God, the work that you're trying to do in our hearts never ends. The newness that you want to bring to our hearts never ends. So, God, I pray that in this moment, as we celebrate as a church the life on mission that we, we have as a community, that you also just make our hearts sensitive to that. What areas in our life are we holding on to? Are we giving up to our own desires and passions? Where do we need to identify with your death? That you may make it new. That you may raise us up to be a people for your kingdom and your kingdom alone. God, we pray that in the hidden, in the darkness, in our sin, in our failure, as a church, we pray that you bring light to that. pray in thankfulness that you have done that through your son who lived a perfect life who died a perfect sacrifice where he took our sin and bore it suffering that you may justify us and forgive us let us gather near without guilt or shame. Let us praise you and continue to raise this church in newness of life. We pray all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.